at UFC 253, you have seen Israel Adesanya. Um, your honest opinion, is Israel Adesanya able to be this next big superstar of the UFC? What do you think? I think he's already superstar right now. He's very good. You know, like he undefeated 20 and all. You know, he beat a lot of tough guys. He beat Gastelum, Whitaker, Costa. You know, it's like uh, he defended his title twice or third, three, three times or two times? Two times, I guess. Yeah, two, two times. Like, he already big star. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MMA Nerd Podcast. I'm Ashley, your resident nerd, and thank you for listening. That opening clip was the UFC lightweight champion, Habib Nurmagomedov. And he was obviously asked about Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion. And yeah, I just, I like it when champs recognize champs. So it was nice to see him, like, given Izzy his props. And uh, it's a good little interview overall with him and Justin. Um, but you know what? This is a Habib Stan podcast, and I didn't save any clips of Justin talking. So there's your little spoiler alert, and <laughs> Habib is going to be both the intro and the outro, which, looking back, I guess I could have tried to find somebody from this week's actual card, but I, again, I'm a Habib fangirl, and this is my podcast, so I get to do what I want. And uh, anyway, speaking of what I want to do, (laughs) in this week's show lineup, we will have the question of the week, the story of the week, the UFC 253 recap, and the what's next for the main and co-main event. And then to end the show, I will give you my UFC Fight Island 4 preview. And I believe that's it for the lineup. So let's just get into it and start with the question of the week and this week's question was prime anderson silva versus israel adesanya who wins and i was i was very curious about this one because mma fans are notorious for their recency bias so uh, yeah very curious to see how this one played out but we have the spider coming in with the most votes, but barely at 51%. Stylebender got 49%. Um, He actually, Izzy got a very late rush of votes yesterday afternoon, right before the poll ended. And uh, the spider was ahead for the whole thing. And was, it was more of a 60, 40 situation for a while, but those Izzy stands, man, they come through. (laughs) And yeah, I I thought the responses were interesting because people always comment, and I a lot of people I feel were like, oh, they're different generations, so everybody who fights now is automatically better than back then, which I don't necessarily believe is true, and it's like oh, level of competition, um, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of people too that were just like, Izzy's a better kickboxer, so he would obviously win. But then it's like, this is MMA, though. And you can't just discredit Anderson Silva on the ground. Not that I think it would... Yeah, I don't think he's, like, shooting for takedowns. But if it gets down there, I think Silva... I mean, I I, I can't pick against Silva yet myself. Uh, Not the prime Anderson Silva. Izzy's well on his way. 
you know, like some people are pointing out that they don't even think Izzy has reached his peak yet, which I think he's in his peak personally. I think he's definitely, yeah, I, I think so. I don't see if he was younger. I mean, that's a lot of, I don't know if I'm like the only one who considers that a factor. <laughs> I just do though for some reason. But if he were younger, then maybe I would be like, oh no, he is like, way more he can and I don't know what I'm trying to say without sounding like I'm poo-pooing him because he's obviously incredible so I'm not like trying to dump on him I'm just saying I think he's in his peak now I don't think he has like this massive ceiling to go still but anywho that was uh, the question of the week and I feel like it ties into the story of the week pretty well which is again Israel Adesanya. <laughs> it's been all the internet's been arguing about. So I figured at first it started with him and his post-fight antics. And then it's like kind of spreading over to Twitter now. And it's just, yeah, a whole bunch of shenanigans. And we're going to talk about it. Starting with the moment that Izzy knocks out Paula Costa and he teabags him. Just right there and goes and like, pretends to jerk off on the coach, like running his mouth, doing his thing. And I'm having a viewing party and my family's over. They're casuals, but they aren't, they aren't like too annoying or else I want to have view parties with them. (laughs) Just being honest, but they're all over and they were totally won over on Adesanya. Like we were team Izzy in the house. Everybody's rooting for him. They, we were watching, the promos and stuff, and getting him excited, loved the fight, but then it was like, his post-fight antics have them just kind of like, ugh, and I feel like they represent the, like, average viewer pretty well, and it was just, you know, as sports fans and stuff, like, poor sportsmanship is just not, you know, it's not like they don't love it, <laughs> and I think a lot of people are traditional like that. Like, post-fight disrespect is always gonna just, like, rub people the wrong way. But even when I think it's funny, I feel like it rubs, it also rubs me the wrong way. It's, it's hard to describe. But the thing is, I think Izzy fans need to chill on everything they're defending. Because I think people cannot like that and then not need to, like, get jumped and have their taste and character attacked it's just it's an understandable thing but I also think that I mean I haven't even gotten into it but him and John Jones went back and forth and then he John brought up Izzy's dad talking about like oh what's your dad think about like if you'll beat me Izzy responds about how John's mom is like disappointed in him or something Along those lines, just petty back and forth like they've been doing all week. But yeah, so it escalated to dead mom levels. And there's people that like have blown it off and are like mad at people who are hating that. And obviously, again, always the excitators that are annoying. But I think this one, I think it's kind of, I I thought it was a majority thing that you don't talk about like... It's like a shady area to sit there and talk about somebody's dead loved one. Like, 
now we're all of a sudden okay supposed to be okay with it I just don't get that at all and it's like it's, I'm, I'm not defending John Jones obviously but I do think it's a big difference saying like what's your like living father thing versus like oh what's your dead mom thing <laughs> there is a difference and I mean like when Colby talked about the dead coach we were, I felt like we were all properly outraged about that like nobody liked that nobody should have but then that with this one it's like oh it's okay because it was John Jones and that seems kind of like I don't know kind of sad but I don't know I feel like I'm just going off at this point, so I'm going to wrap it up because my Uber Eats is almost here. But anyway, let's wrap that up by just saying that Izzy fans are crazy and need to chill out and not defend everything he does. He's a polarizing dude. He's turns a lot of people off, and I think it's understandable. Like, if you really think about it objectively not as a fan. He's like super weird. (laughs) And I think he's very abrasive. So rubbing people the wrong way is understandable. And we don't need to freak out about that so much. But other people also need to understand that Adesanya is the real deal. And I think, I mean, like even that poll with Anderson Silva and Izzy, the people at Israel Adesanya at 49% beating prime Anderson Silva. I'd say he's getting love. But enough about him until we get into him again when I recap UFC 253, which I'm not going to have a lot of details on. I will admit this because I was intoxicated by a lot on Saturday. So bear with me. But I do remember everything. It just might not be the most detailed uh, recap you've ever heard. (laughs) First off, on the main card, we had Hakeem Dawudu getting the decision win over Zubaira Tukugov. And that was a boring fight. I I had Hakeem winning. No, losing. I had picked him, but I had him losing. And I was so, like, sad. Because uh, I thought he lost. But then he won. And I kind of swore that Verdict had agreed with me. that, Or like the majority on Verdict had voted for him winning too. But again, I was not sober. So I could not tell you. <laughs> but I next had Caitlin Vera winning. And she did win. She got the decision over Sajara Eubanks. Another rather dull fight. Uh, the next fight was, that one was fun. We had Brandon Royval. He got the win over Kai Kara France. Uh, what an exciting prospect. I had a lot of questions about him going into this match. But he he proved to be ready for the good step up. So excited to see what next what is next for him. Because, uh, yeah, getting the second round submission on Cara France is pretty cool in my book. And then we had, of course, the first title fight of the night. Dominic Reyes versus Jan Blakowicz. And Jan, that Polish power, came through. And he got the second round knockout of Dom. And I was pumped. 
Like, everybody thought it was funny how much I wanted Jan to win. <laughs> and I didn't realize how much I wanted him to win until we were really watching. And I was just like, ah. Like, it wasn't even that I was drunk. I just really wanted it. And I got it. And it was amazing. And, yeah, Dom handled the loss well, I thought. I, I thought about switching my pick, too. And but I really I was like this is just you picking favorites because you like Jan so much more than Dom, and that was probably true, but <laughs> I just wanted to believe in that Polish power and look he came through, so uh, it's an interesting turn for the light heavyweight division. But we have a new champ now. I I think Jan should face Tiago Santos next. It would be um, I believe. Santos is the last one to beat him. No. Yes. No. Can't remember. I feel like there's another one in there that I'm just like totally spacing out on. But anyway, Santos versus Jan for the rematch for the title, I think would be, that'd be a good fight. And then as far as Dominic Reyes, uh, Glover is right there below him in the rankings. That'd be a good one. I also wouldn't mind seeing him and Alexander Rakic. I, again, he can really fight. He has a lot of fights still. So, interesting to see what's next for the light heavyweights. And then we have the middleweight title fight as the main event. Israel Asami, of course, getting the second round knockout over Paula Costa. I thought it was interesting that people were talking about Costa, like, freezing up and, like, not doing anything and pulling a Yoel. I I thought I actually thought that Paulo seemed like he was trying. He was definitely more reserved than he usually is. But I thought he was like attempting things. Izzy just looked so much faster and his his movement was so much better. I've uh, I've seen stuff to where cuz pe- some people and these are I'm seeing it from people who are not Paulo Costa fanboys just to say but uh, just pointing out that he did seem to kind of, like, be moving a little bit weird. Uh, maybe there was an injury. Who knows? I don't think it would have mattered much. It's I just, I just don't think it would have. I think the fight went how it would usually go. <laughs> but as far as what's next uh, for Izzy, I, it's like I enjoy the banter. Well, I enjoyed it in small doses, but I just don't see him and John actually fighting ever. I, the size difference, especially with John like bulking up, right? I just don't see it happening. And if it did, then cool. I'd be interested to see what weight um, and how that affected things. But anywho, I don't think that's what's next for Israel. I think. He will fight the winner of Whitaker versus Cannoneer. I am torn on that one because I want to see the fresh matchup. I always prefer fresh matchups. Okay, not always, but I almost always, especially these days, prefer fresh matchups to rematches like so close together. So while I don't want to see Robert Whitaker lose, I also don't want to see Cannoneer get a title shot next. So... Just got to figure out how to <laughs> make that one work. And then Paulo Costa, he's has a ton of people he could fight. 
uh, Jack Hermanson or Darren Till were the first two that came to my head, but we shall see. I have a feeling he's probably going to end up having like some sort of injury and is going to not fight again for a while, but we shall see. All I know is I don't think he's getting the automatic rematch he wants, <laughs> but that is the UFC 253 recap, and I guess, oh, I didn't say how many I got right and wrong. I went three and two, so not bad overall. Now, UFC Fight Island 4. The honorable mentions, which are prelim fights that I think are worth taking note of. Uh, I have three. Casey Kenny versus Haile Alatang. I will would guess Kenny. I'd pick Kenny for that. And then Charles Jordan versus Joshua Kulibau. And I will go Charles and Carlos Condit versus Court McGee. This is just hurts your feelings that <laughs> Carlos down on the prelims like that. But I I must say that this is probably a pure emotional pick. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't really care. I'm picking Carlos Condit. I feel like I just, I still have a little bit of hope and a dream that he will he will pull through. But let's get into the main card. The first fight is a middleweight fight between Dequan Townsend and Dusko Todorovic. Townsend is 21 and 11 on a three-fight losing streak, and all three of those fights have been in the UFC, so he's 0-3 in the UFC. But he, I mean, he was a champion in other organizations, and he has 12 knockouts to his name. So there's definitely promise there, but I also think he's definitely fighting for his job. And then his opponent, Dusko, is 9-0. This is his UFC debut. He won on the... Uh, by decision on the contender series in August of 2019 and he had a couple of fights booked between now and then um, but they all got canceled and the dude is he seems like he's legit I mean he has five knockout wins three submission wins he actually beat Michael Pereira Pereira you know spinning kicky uh, <laughs> he beat him by first round TKO in the Serbian Battle Championship, which I was like, <laughs> how random. But that was back in December of 2018. So, so it's just, I I think I would probably go with Townsend if I just I just don't know how he's gonna be mentally. He's fighting for his job. He's 0-3 in the UFC. And I just, he lost both of his brothers in August uh, in a strip mall shooting. So he's like, what, two months removed, barely, from that, fighting for his job. (sighs) I don't know. It seems like a lot of pressure. Um, He is tough. He's only been finished twice in his career. So I think maybe he won't get finished. But I do think 
Todorovic is going to win by decision. So, anyway, that's a downer. Bantamweight fight is next. Kyler Phillips versus Cameron Else. Phillips is 7-1, and one, coming off a win in his UFC debut, which was in February of this year. He has four knockout wins, one submission win. He won on the Contender Series back in Season 1, which was August 2017, which is crazy that it's been that long. But, yeah, promising guy. And then else, he is 10-4. and four. This is his UFC debut. He has six knockouts, four submission wins on a six-fight win streak. Hasn't lost since June 2017. He has a jiu-jitsu and a taekwondo base. And I just, I feel... I feel good about him. So I think I'm going to go with Else for that fight. Probably by decision. I'm also not going to lie. I'm not familiar with all those four guys. So <laughs> those first two fights, I I had to do my some digging because I did not know. But anyway, Bantamweight fight is the third fight on the main card. Jermaine Durandamy versus Juliana Pena. And I actually think this fight is going super under the radar. It's a really good matchup. Or maybe a really interesting matchup. Pena is ranked number four. She's nine and three, coming off a decision win over Nico Montano. That was back in July of 2019, though. So, it's been a minute. Um, and Pena is just one that's like, she's been so inactive her whole career which is a shame like she's well uh, that's the thing too it's like it's hard to tell because she's been so inactive it's like is she growing with the sport or is she just the same chick from back in what 2015 or whatever because she is a solid ground game athletic um you know her last loss was to Shevchenko which that's no shame everybody (laughs) or almost everybody loses to her and that was back in June of 2017 so she definitely had time to improve and whatnot because I was not impressed with her win over Montano I thought the ring rust was very apparent and I don't know it's like your mom like are you keeping up I don't know I don't follow her (laughs) I should because she's a Spokane girl but I just don't. So I have a lot of questions about her. But if she comes out in, like, tip-top shape, which she needs to against an opponent like Jermaine, it could be really exciting fight. Like, she has the good wrestling, a 2.6 takedown average. Her She has a 52% takedown accuracy, but she's also one that, like, shoots a lot. So, so it's tricky because then you have Jermaine Durandamy. She is ranked number one in the division. Um, she's nine and four, coming off a loss to Amanda Nunez, which was almost a year ago, December 2019. And look, I'll be real. If you know me, you know I'm not a huge G- GDR fan. I'm just not. I don't like her. I think she's sneaky. And yeah, you know, she cheated against Holly, so I'm never going to let that go. But. There's no taking away from her talent. She's world-class kickboxing and, like, four knockout wins and really, really good takedown defense, 71%. Uh, it just, like, lowered, I think, because of her last fight against Nunez. But she's hard to take down. 
trust me. And the thing with her, too, is the where I give Pena the edge is the ground game, obviously. Could she keep her? Could she get her down? I think she probably could if she's on point. But could she keep her down? I don't know. Especially because, like, you you know, it's like, oh, well, they both haven't fought in a while. But that's normal for Jermaine Duran and me. She's also a cop, so she's busy. It's ring rusts is just not, a, I don't think, will be a problem for her. I do have that question marks with Pena. And then, uh, like I was saying, Juliana's ground game is going to be her edge. But Jermaine has only one submission loss and that was her first pro fight back in 2008 so she's hard to take down and she's real hard to submit and I just don't see I don't see Pena getting a finish like that and I certainly don't see her knocking her out but I mean just wait I'm gonna curse the fight that much now (laughs) Uh, if it's not apparent I am picking GDR I think, like I said, ring rest won't be a problem. Her stand-up is so good. I think she can pick Pena apart. And Pena doesn't like getting hit either. So it's like she's tough, but eh, I don't know. I could see I could see Jermaine getting a TKO. Probably not because it's just a three-round fight. But, I mean, depending on where Pena's at. She could get a TKO, T, uh, Jermaine could get a TKO on her, but I think it's most likely going to be a decision. And Jermaine, I should have wrote that down. She hasn't gotten a finish in a while. So I don't know if it will be Juliana. I think she's tough enough to write it out to a decision, but we shall see. Uh, I don't. I wish that was the co-main event, to be honest, because I don't understand why this one is it's the a heavyweight fight Jorgen de Castro versus Carlos Felipe <clears throat> and then, excuse me but they're both coming off losses uh Jorgen he's six and one coming off a loss to Greg Hardy back in May and Felipe is eight and one coming off a loss to Spivak back in July uh Jorgen has five knockout wins Felipe has six knockout wins and um, I guess Jorgen has more fights in the UFC. He's one and one in the UFC now, plus his contender series win in June of 2019. So I guess <laughs> like, it's just tough with these, especially like the young heavyweights. It's just like, how do you have this fight where it's just like a toss them because they're just going to rock them, sock them? This fight with like a really good technical matchup in Jermaine Durandamy and Julia Pena. Like, why can't we have a double female main and co-main? It makes so much more sense to me. Like, Jermaine Durandamy just fought for a title too. Ugh, I hate it when I have to like defend people I don't like. <laughs> she should be the co-main of it. Honestly, Pena should too. But we got these heavyweights, and it's going to be sloppy, and it's just going to be whichever one lands clean first, uh, hopefully, not a decision. But I'm going to go DeCastro by knockout, because please help it be a first-round knockout. Which brings us to the main event, Bantamweight Fight, Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana. 
and Aldana is ranked number six. She is 12-5, and five, coming off a first-round knockout over Caitlin Vieta uh, back in December of 2019. She is 5-3 in the UFC. Nice fundamental boxer, very crisp, clean work. And her left hand is money. She also matches Holly's size, which is very good for her. But then you have Holly Holm, who is ranked number two, 13-5, coming off a win over Raquel Pennington back in January. She has, obviously, a big kickboxing boxing background. <laughs> and she also has a back-and-forth win-loss ratio since 2017, which, as a fan girl, hurts my feelings. But, you know... What can you do? I will say some like little like little notes I have on each lady. With Holly, she has a very improved clinch game. And while that's good, it's like mostly like up against the cage work, the boring stuff. But <laughs> she uh she struggles with her takedowns and yeah, which is why it usually ends up just on the cage. Especially with someone who's, like, like I said, matches her in size. I don't know. I'm curious to see how they match up strength-wise. Because it's very hard to be as strong as Holly Holm. She is a tank. I would probably give Aldana the edge on, like, grappling as far as submissions go. But she hasn't gotten a takedown since her UFC debut, which was a while ago. And her takedown defense is 93%, which is really good. But it's not like Holly's going to be, like, super pushing for those. (laughs) She's usually pretty content to, like, keep it in the clinch on the side of the ring. Um, And here's, here's where my full disclosure comes in if you haven't listened to one of my shows before then you should know that holly is my favorite and i never pick against her so i gave you like the super professional breakdown but now this is where my bias is like being presented (laughs) but he's even with my bias i feel like holly has a good chance at this because aldana's like, big strength is her fundamental boxing and her left hand. Holly's a southpaw, and she can switch if she has to, but she is also <laughs> very, can be very technical. Like, a technical kickboxing fight, that's going to go Holly's way. So it's almost like Aldana should be trying for takedowns and, like, submissions because... Well, I, th- I do think she has the power edge because Holly re- doesn't use her kicks like she should. Uh, <laughs> I just I just don't know if she wins the stand-up game because Holly's so elusive and so good with the points, you know? So if it's just going to be back-and-forth kickboxing, boxing battle, I would just, I would think Holly would take that. But then it's like both women, that's like, that's what, that's the fight they like. So I don't see... I feel like she would start headhunting 
before she was like trying to take Holly down. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what I think with Aldana. And she has the power. If she lands that left just right, she can easily get her knockout. And then that's great. And I want her to get a title shot. Like, I don't. I went through a hard time when Holly faced Amanda Nunez. If you've listened long enough, you know this. But um, I don't want Holly to lose. But I want Aldana to get a title shot. So very much like the Whitaker Cannoneer situation, except more so because Holly is like my favorite. She's my girl. But I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I know what's capable of happening, but I also think that this is legitimately a fight Holly could win, especially because as like impressive as her last fight was, Aldana, she's not like knocking girls out all the time. And it's a, her standout is like her her takedown defense and her striking and these are two things that two strengths that I don't know if they matter so much against Holly so that is my like I always pick her so it is my bias pick but I also think it like could kind of be like a legit pick too I don't think I'm crazy <laughs> wait tell me if I'm wrong Maybe I am. A lot of people are very high on Aldana, so I'm sure a lot of people will want to tell me how wrong I am. But but if you can admit it, then you should also tell me that I'm right. Because <laughs> I think there's hope for the preacher's daughter yet. And with that, I am wrapping up this week's episode. It's nice and short and sweet. And I like that. I'm uh, glad I didn't go off as on quite as many rants as I was originally planning to. I just, I'm not going to lie to you. I was going to, but then my food got here and my poke is now just sitting on the table, just taunting me. I'm like, I could go off on rants or I could save my voice and eat some poke. And the poke won because I am hungry. (laughs) And because um, this week is just kind of meh. Like, You know, it's like all the drama is like super stupid and the card is just kind of like, it's like, it could be good. It could be real bad. So we shall see. But anywho, I think I'm going to do an episode next week. So keep an eye out for that. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, uh, at the MMA nerd with underscores or just Ashley, the MMA nerd. I should pop up either way, but if you follow me on either of those, then you can keep up with the recording schedule and whether or not I don't get the episode up or do get the episode up. We shall see. I will be live tweeting, so you can also catch me there on fight night and we can chat. And last of all is this clip. It is Habib kind of snapping at a reporter for asking him about his dead dad because again people don't like talking about dead loved ones (laughs) like let's just not do it and he's just been asked this so many times and he finally is just like I don't know it was actually really sad like you could see how sad he is in his eyes and while that makes me like wonder about his fight later this month I also don't like want to get too nervous yet so (laughs) 
just uh here's the clip of him scolding a reporter and yeah i think that's about it i guess i will catch you guys next week bye how difficult is it for you to prepare to the fight without him and knowing that he's not going to be in your corner uh i don't understand when people ask me how difficult for you train without father of course this is difficult i don't understand why you guys keep asking me this this is very difficult you know what do you think you have your father yeah of course do you have father yes i do yes if something happened with him what do you think it's gonna be difficult for you or easy yeah obviously it's very difficult yes i'm human too you know of course this is very difficult 